Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Final Furlong Podcast with Emma Kennedy is proudly brought to you by Tote. Get a 10% boost on your winnings on all horse racing markets exclusively on tote.co.uk or tote.ie. Thank you to all the first of two podcasts that we are releasing today. Uh, hopefully you will enjoy them. Dave Yates and I broke down the biggest news stories uh, at the time. Uh, since we recorded, there's been the tragic passing of Trevor Hemmings, an absolute legend of an owner and um, sympathy to his family and to all of those in the industry who knew him so well. His colours were carried to victory in some of the most prestigious races, most notably, of course, the Grand National. Sympathies to to those who who knew him best. So in case you're wondering why are Dave and I not talking about that, that is why. Uh, On this edition of the show, we are going to look back on the weekend's racing. Before we do, just in time, for Champions Day at Ascot. But more importantly, let's be honest about it, after that poll we did on Twitter, as the jump season kicks off properly, much to the delight of the guests that I'm about to introduce, by the way, uh, Proform Racing are offering their first discount for more than a year, and it's exclusive to you, Final Forlum Podcast listeners. You can get eight weeks access to all of their tools for half price, and it includes the Professionals Formbook, Visual Race Guides, the Bet, Lay, and Trader Finder web app, which is absolute gold and is widely used by some of the biggest and most successful bettors, traders, backers, and layers. But most notably, a lot of people whose content you listen to on this show or whose content you read, because I'm talking about some of the biggest tipsters, some of the best journalists, race course commentators, TV presenters, Not only that, but some of the best breeders and some of the best trainers in racing use Proform Racing. It is the best kept secret in our sport. 50% discount for an eight-week Proform Platinum subscription, but you gotta act fast because it's gonna end midnight Sunday, and that is this Sunday, the 17th of October. How do you sign up? Very simple. Head to proformracing.com forward slash join. Create your account, choose the Platinum product at the checkout, and then enter and validate this discount code, which is all capital letters, CW50FFP, and you get a 50% discount off your first eight-week subscription. CW50FFP, all one word, capital letters, 50% discount off your first eight-week subscription to Proform Platinum. Get the gravy 
once again, we're stepping up for you because you step up for us, so we're giving you the gravy. This is literally platinum content. Pro form is what you need. Check it out and uh, make sure to use the offer code CW50FFP. My guest, as we look back on the weekend's racing, including the flat, slightly biased towards the jumps, maybe, and that might have something to do with the fact that she is the first woman to win a grade one over fences, a multiple Cheltenham Festival winning jockey as well. Lizzie Kelly, finally, welcome to the Final Forlum Podcast. Hello, thank you for having me. <laughs> Let, let's talk about your favorite, first of all, the flat. That's what 87% of those who voted on a Twitter poll that we did wanted us to talk more about jumps racing. But you know what? The flat's still there, so we kind of had to cover it. And it was a good weekend for Godolphin, Native Trail uh, winning the Dewhurst and Caribus looking every inch a superstar as well. Oh God, I got that horse badly wrong. Apologies, Dr. DeLarge in the Autumn Stakes. Uh, of the two, who... Were you more impressed with, if I could even dare ask that question, and who looks the better long-term prospect to you? I think it's, I think that's and it, it is interesting that they've got these obviously these two fantastic um, horses who are in the same sort of category. And um, but for me, I preferred Corobus. I thought that the way that he went through the race was just a lot more um, dominant. I felt like Native Trail, although he's like enormous, well, he's enormous as they've sort of widely discussed. He's he's really gorgeous, um, and he's and he and he is he's got a huge amount of presence. Just felt like he had to work really hard throughout the race, and I don't know whether that was the course. Um, there's quite a lot of him to get going, and I half wonder if if that was a bit of an issue for him. Um, actually, funny enough, a horse that springs to mind that was similar, I thought, when he won at Epsom was Adea. I thought that he was a horse who looked like he needed so much holding together. And Native Trail kind of reminded me of him. Um, Corvus. I, I, no, Native Trail. Oh. The way he kind of traveled in the race, it was almost like, you know, his hind end was almost overtaking his front end because he kind of couldn't get himself all organized because he's so big um and he's got a big like hind end almost like a jumper you know this big heavy hind end um i might yeah i preferred corobus i thought that i thought that everything about him just looked very polished um and i like the fact that um <laughs> buick afterwards he said that when I pushed the button, it was all over. He was so much in control, even when the race hadn't really started, you know, really developing, that he felt that as soon as he made his move, no one would go with him. And I thought that that was really interesting. He He's done now for the season, obviously, but he could reappear in the Craven next year. Um, Native Trail is coming into this on the back of a very similar campaign to Pinatubu, who was obviously a brilliant juvenile, did win a group one as a three-year-old, but didn't live up to the heights that he set as a, as a two-year-old. Um, do you see similarities there with, with Native Trail, that perhaps as a breeze up graduate that he's the full finished product as a two-year-old, whereas Corobus, Caribus, however it is that we're supposed to pronounce this name, uh, that he's going to be much more of a force He's already a force now, and he really should have won 
the Royal Lodge, but that he would be much more of a force as a three-year-old. Yeah, I, I, I think I do. And I think one of the, one of the things that I worry about with Native Trail is, is he just so much more uh, advanced physically that as a two-year-old, he's beating other two-year-olds because of the fact that he's so much more physically advanced. When those horses catch up with him, is he going to be as, you know, be able to beat them as well as he has been? Mm-hmm. It's it's a bit, I, I'm just not convinced about him. I thought I was all about him. I loved watching him go down to the start. He was just, and he is absolutely stunning. He's gorgeous. And um, obviously, there, you know, he's a fantastic horse in his own right. Um, but there was just, there was, there was just a small concern that, you know, it was, it just didn't look as easy as I thought it would. would. Um, and I'd love him to, you know, to, to continue the way that he has been this season, next season, but um, maybe I'm being too critical. You know, he still he still looked and he's he still looked great, and he still won. He still won the race. It just wasn't as as for me as eye catching as Corabus. Well, the thing is, when you're looking at a horse who's odds on favourite for the race and is now odds on favourite for the two thousand guineas, you have mm. to be critical. There has to be a, a critical eye. You can't just go, oh, this was a powerful performance and he deserves to be the anti-post favorite, blah, blah, blah. That's boring. You can do it. <laughs> and there's other shows that will happily do that for you if you want to listen to it. But I would much prefer your take on it. And I also think it's it's very interesting that we're in this situation where I don't think the fact that Point Lonsdale was beaten in the national stakes precludes him from being a classic winner next season. It may just be that that weekend in particular was not a particularly good one for Aidan O'Brien. Last weekend wasn't exactly great either. He had horses in America that should have run much better than they did. Um, all of the juveniles that he sent over didn't really run up to anywhere approaching the scratch. I had very high hopes for United Nations. I think if you were to look out the new market window, you might see him galloping around there still. Um, but but again, but again he, may, he may very well turn out to be a, a great horse next year. Um, but it's Godolphin that have the power right now. Uh, I mean, they even have the, the winner of the Zetland in Goldspur, who looks a, a very interesting horse in, in his own right. Um, second string on the day. But um, mm. I, I think that both... Uh, I, th- I think I have remembered this correctly. I, I was intrigued by Blue, Bluegrass, but I think that both Rory and I were on Goldspur. Uh, maybe I'm claiming a victory that I... We don't actually deserve. But yeah, yeah, yeah. We were all over uh, Goldsboro. Of course, of course, we were. And Rory's back on the show on Thursday. But it's just interesting that these there are these three high class juvenile races, and you've got all of them being taken by Godolphin. When in past years, yes, there's been Pinatubu. Yes, there's been the poor Quattro, who unfortunately lost his life. But it's really been about Aidan O'Brien at this time of the year. And right now, you're kind of yeah. scratching around going, jeez, where's the Aidan O'Brien horse? Um, still might emerge, but we're still kind of looking. Yeah, I think, I think, I think for me, um, a huge amount of it has got to do with, you know, Charlie Appleby and obviously his, um, 
his talent as a trainer and how he's he's really I think this year sort of well I suppose just he's just blown everyone away with the horses that he's training and um and and you know and how he's training them how he's producing them uh when it really matters and I think that he's a fantastic trainer um and obviously you need to have the horses to work with but I think that obviously that side of things is going very well um he's obviously got the raw talent um in his yard but you know he's he's clearly doing the right thing, and him and the the two jockeys that they use like they use um, Buick and James Doyle. You know, it just seems like a really good team. Um, it just seems like everything for them this year has has basically gone to plan. Hundred percent, and they've got the two big players now for the two thousand guineas in Corpus. Mm. And indeed, in um, in Native Trail, so we'll um, we'll have to wait and see how they winter. Look, if you're on Native Trail at a big price, I don't think Lizzie has suddenly broken your heart, and you're like, oh no, it's over. <laughs> you've got every chance next year. And oh, definitely, yeah. You you'd be more than happy if you've got a big price about him as well. By the way, uh, in which case, I'm not bitter at all. Well done. Um, my two thousand guineas hopes, I think, are. Ugh, done and dusted uh, but Goldsberg coming out of winning as well just goes to prove that that strength and depth for Godolphin uh, a race that you and I covered on TalkSport 2 was Inspiral's victory for John and Thady Gosden uh, and Frankie Dettori going into the race I was I was well we had the Oshin Murphy story um, I was very interested to see would Concert all back up her performance from last time out particularly given Aidan O'Brien's record in the race and in the end it was really quite simple for Inspiral in a race that was run very unusually. Yeah, I thought that this, to to this horse, it looked like a race course gallop. She was, she was seriously impressive. I thought visually, um, I, I thought how she was obviously on with the the other horse that they had separated off from the main group. Um, she never, she just looked so in control. She looked very dominant. I thought that, uh, uh, yeah, just the way she travelled. And realistically, when, when she actually, I thought Frankie did a really good, good job but of course he he always does but I thought this was a, a really good job he he managed to kind of just slightly tack her over when she needed to tack over and she ended up kind of going through the middle of of obviously the the horse that she was originally with and, and then the bigger group and it really pushed her forward you could almost see her like right it's showtime kind of thing her neck lowered head lowered and she really accelerated and you know it was very um it was very it was a very dominant display and um there were some there were some really really nice horses in that race and she she kind of made them look a little bit ordinary really yeah particularly with the way the race was run the fact that Cache and Inspiral were in this group on their own on the far side not necessarily the far side but racing down the center it almost mm. looked as though in real time when you and I were covering it that that's the way it was playing out and you could see that going, oh no, this is going to go badly wrong. 
And uh, <laughs> as you said, she just played with them. Like that's that's what it becomes in in the end. It's just very very simple. Um, in terms of her f- physique, so she's four from four. Um, she's completely outclassed her rivals here. She's as a Chivley Park horse would be uh, presented by John Thady Gosden, beautifully bred by Frankel out of a Selkirk mare. Her prospects for next season. What what do you think of her classic prospects in terms of? Is she uh, a 1,000 guineas contender? Is she a horse that would be um, going up in trip? Is she a horse that you'd be looking at for 10, maybe even the Oaks? Um, yeah, you, 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 I, think, I think for her, the sky's the limit. Um, I can't really, you know, I, I, it, I think for her, she's as good as we've really seen. Um, this season she's been she's been incredibly good um, from her first run through to through to her last run at Newmarket the other day you know she's been she's she's just been empirical really and yeah you could easily say you know why why can't she go for a race like that like why she's she's she looks superb and you know, for her, she should really even improve over her break. She should come back in stronger. Um, and, and all you know, when you think about that, like when you think about how she's going to kind of grow and she's going to mature and also like her race, um, you know, the way that she processes her races and how she travels throughout her races, like her confidence will obviously be sky high after like such an amazing campaign. Um, so yeah, I think with her, the sky's the limit. Two wins, uh, new market. One of them of course was on the July course, but she's just buried her opposition. Um, she's been favored in all four starts. Um, she might start in a Guinea's trial next year. Uh, mm. but they may very well just go straight to the guineas, but they're going to go for it. And um, John Gosden didn't seem to be put off by the idea of going up and trip as well. So we can dream. You would love to think that she could be a guineas winner who then goes for the Oaks, similar to a horse like Love and like um, yeah. uh, others b- before them, like uh, Minding, um, for example. Yeah. So let's try not be too greedy, but at the same time be complete greedy guts. Uh Alsal Hale. So this is, oh God, I knew I was going to butcher it. If you say it with confidence and you might just get away with it. Alsal Hale. So if you say, <laughs> if this horse is clearly incredibly talented, but at the same time is a horse who is very, very frustrating um, because all the talent is there. It's just a matter of the team being able to harness it. And they change tactics and boy, did he put up one hell of a display. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was fantastic to watch. He was, um, he was just exciting, wasn't he? I mean, sometimes you just sit down and you watch a horse race and you just thoroughly enjoy what you see. He came out the gates, they were really forward with him and it was just, it was just easy, you know, and it, you just couldn't believe that he was able to quicken as well as he did. And they just couldn't really get, get near him and obviously it's like a little bit of a black uh, spot next to his name because he is a little bit inconsistent sometimes you can't really figure out why um, but you know he was he was very good I thought uh, at Newmarket and and it seemed to it just everything seemed to go to plan with him 
um, obviously the, the tactics work to treat. So um, it's definitely, you know, what you would imagine he would, he would do in the future. I think the plan, and I'm willing to be corrected on this, but I believe the plan is to winter him now and uh, come back in Dubai. Um, yeah. Which, of course, obviously Godolphin love to try and clean up there. But there's no reason why as a five-year-old, as a son of Dubawi out of a, a Shirako mare, that he wouldn't just strengthen up again. And it's hard to believe that as a four-year-old, that's his first win in Group 3 company. Yeah, absolutely. You know, he's a really nice, he's a really nice horse. And I, I agree. I think watching him the other day, you just couldn't believe that I hadn't fallen into place with him before. Um, so, yeah, like you say, I mean, he's, he's, he's very well bred um, and everything seems to have, um, I, I mean, I, 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 although I, I don't want to kind of put him in the inconsistent bracket because although he kind of is I think sometimes you can look through those races and and you can I think yeah sometimes you can kind of understand where it went wrong Mm. um and for him like you say he's going to have another break now um go off globe trotting like they do and it will be interesting to see you know, like you've said, whether he will develop, whether he will get a little bit bigger. And I think, I think front runners are a really interesting kind of horse. I think some horses are almost natural front runners. And when they realize that they can kind of boss things the way that they want to, then it gives them this like big confidence boost. So I think it, for me, like I used to love riding front runners for that reason. There was something about them where they wanted to be in control and they were actually happier just going out and ploughing their own furrow rather than kind of dancing to someone else's tune. And, you know, if this works for him, uh, as clearly it does, you know, that we might see a little bit of improvement as a result of that as well. And there is the new 7 4 long race at Medan too for them to look forward to and they'll have another horse called creative force who could be a player there too so we'll see how his career unfolds but um the fact that he's a gelding means that we'll, we're going to get to enjoy him hopefully for another few years in, in, in the flat game so um a, a lot to be excited about at uh, the together for racing international cesaro which handicap has become a jumps trainer's benefit with the exception <laughs> of Roger Charlton with withhold, Huey Morrison. Um, and of course, Mark Johnson would like his name mentioned as well. So there you go, Mark. Uh, can Consider that favor uh, complete. Uh, we're going to be talking about Mark's new book, by the way, very soon on the Final Furlong podcast. But uh, they just... So there's, there's, a, there's two postscripts to this. First of all, it's Nicky Henderson's third win in the race. And you have this epic duel between Ushin Murphy and William Buick for the Jockeys Championship, which, as we're recording, is down to five now. And it looked all over at one point. Uh, and now it's a, a very, very close call. And after what Ushin had gone through, which we discussed with Dave earlier on, uh, on the Friday, which was the day that you and I were on TalkSport 2 when he was stood down, um, 
him coming out and having been beaten on a couple of fancied horses and managing to get the victory over William Buick with both of them giving it their all, both of them giving tactically brilliant rides with two horses who were also just produced to perfection uh, by their wily campaigners. It was a tremendous finish to the race. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, my first thought was that I was pleased that Willie Mullins had been bit beaten by a British trainer. I thought that stands <laughs> in stead for March. Ideal. <laughs> Things are going better. <laughs> this is what we like to see. You know that when I interviewed Richard Johnson after he retired, and uh, I, I was saying to him about you know Cheltenham, and he, he was joking about the Irish domination. He said they came out of the weighing room and the British jockeys and just started cheering whenever a British horse placed. <laughs> It's like, yay, prize money, yay. It's just like, that's how embarrassing it was. Go on, Ireland. Oh, dear. Um, yeah, look, I think that, I think that realistically, Buzz, obviously, um, has, has always caught the eye. He's a horse that can't help catching the eye. He's a, he's a very grey horse. Um, he's got a great name. Um, and, you could see him buried away at the back and slowly he kind of started making his way through. I mean, there were so many runners. Most of the time, you know, you couldn't actually see him. And eventually I thought Oshin did quite a good job in, in such a big field to kind of tack over from the rail where he originally was. And horses were kind of going backwards down the rail as they were beginning to come off the bridle. And he sort of wiggled his way round and, and eventually sort of popped out um, sort of about three quarters sort of out wide, if you like. And obviously, look, for me, I wasn't surprised. This is a horse that has, I think he was favourite for the Betfair Hurdle. Um, at Newbury, no seriously nice horse who's got plenty of pace. For me, like it was an obvious horse to to take to a race like this. And um, yeah, I, I quite like the poignancy of of obviously Buick and and Oshie Murphy in the finish. Um, so it it was there were lots of stories to take out of it. Uh, I'm not sure everyone took out of it the uh, British trainer beating the Irish trainer in relation <laughs> to March, but I did. Um, and yeah, I mean, obviously, there's there's another story in there that the horse's prize money is given to a uh, a charity as well. Um, so it was a a good a good story all round, really. Yeah, it's the uh, Thurlow for Royal Marsden Cancer Charity and. Long-term listeners to the show will will know that very well through our good friend Jess Stafford, uh, now of Racing TV fame. And uh, Jess ended up being the spokesperson on the day as well, which was really nice. That It wasn't as much as it would have been great to hear. Long-term plan. The fact that Jess got to talk about it and and her explaining this this whole thing because they, were, they took a, a real gamble at Aintree and decided to go for the, the grade one where he ran that monstrous race behind Abracadabras. And um, they decided to target this race on the back of that. Which, by the way, Jess, a WhatsApp would have been handy for an anti-post bet to let me know <laughs> if this was the target. Thanks very much. Yeah, that would have been useful. Um, and uh, she was I think she was getting a little bit nervous when the ground changed. 
to, to go, you know, when it was softer during the week, she was very, very bullish. Um, but the fact that both Boz and a Triumph Hurdle winner, and yes, a Triumph Hurdle winner who benefited greatly from the fact that the horse who was going to bolt up came down at the last, but is still a Triumph Hurdle winner, uh, have come clear of seemingly uh, a well-handicapped horse for Richard Hughes. Um, I think this tells you all that you need to know. And and Jess was was um, very, very confident about and very bullish about uh, him going back over hurdles this season and is talking about working back from the stairs hurdle. That will be the long-term target for the horse. Often we'll see horses run massive races at Aintree and switch to the flat and, and win a big handicap. And those thoughts come into our head that, oh, well, this horse is now going to be a, a, a massive contender or a massive player for Cheltenham. Can you see that with Buzz? Or are we getting a little bit too carried away? Um, do you know, the only thing that would make me think that they're not keen on Cheltenham is the fact that he's never run anywhere particularly hilly. Uh, I like that phrase. Ascot. Can we put that into pro form? <laughs> particularly hilly. <laughs> He's run on very flat tracks. That would be my only. Tor- Taunton, Doncaster, Kempton, Fosslass, uh, Newbury, Aintree. I know Newmarket's fairly undulating, but I mean, it's not got a big hill at the end of it. Um, and yeah, I mean, Ascot, yeah, it's, but it's, it's, it's a kind of, it's a kind of, climb isn't it really from mm-hmm. from the bottom there's not really that would be my it, that would be my only concern whereas Cheltenham is very up and down and you're going around bends and um very different but yeah clearly he's a very nice horse I mean he's a horse that has caught the eye on loads of occasions he's put in some great performances in the past and you know you'd like to think that um that he would, you know, that he would stay. I mean, they clearly from 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 that from Jess's, you know, thinking she does think that he'll stay. Um, but you do definitely need to stay at Cheltenham in that race. You know, it's I know it's called the stay. It's sort of self-explanatory, but you know, around Cheltenham, I always think you almost need to be able to stay half a furlong, half a mile more than you would anywhere else, do you know? Well, if, do you know what I mean? So if we do a bit of a <laughs> bit of Cheltenham nostalgia, right? If we if we think back oh, the days the days of Annie <laughs> Power and Annie Power running in the stairs hurdle. Was she beaten in that race in your review or was it the world hurdle then? Whatever. Uh was she beaten in that race because she didn't stay, not because she wasn't good enough? Um crikey, what a question. I mean, Firstly, it's, it was a very long time ago. Um, I don't know. I think that's. I think that's a hard question. I mean, she was only beaten like a length and a half. Yeah, you know that's. It's such small margins. You could not possibly say she didn't stay. She did stay, but she just she just didn't quite stay as well as more of that. Yeah. And on that day, I think she was just simply beaten by a horse that was 
on the day better than her. I mean, the horse turned, you know, more more of that. Um, never really, I don't know, I, I, he never really kind of came alight for me. You know, he was a horse that looked like he was going to be the next big thing, especially in terms of chasing. You know, he, he looked like he was going to, but anyway, look. I don't. I know. I I would say that she just got beaten by a horse that was was more right than her on the day. I do remember uh, hearing that they were trying everything to get McCoy to ride more of that and not um, the Rebecca Curtis horse. Um, oh, at Fisher's Cross. Yeah, I knew it would come to me eventually, and uh, <laughs> yeah, obviously he was slightly sickened. Um, but great one for mm. friend of the show Barry Gerty. So he 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 was, he was happy out. Uh, and that trip down memory lane was brought to you by Lizzie Kelly. Well, yeah, crikey! I mean, that was such a long. Well, it doesn't feel like a long time ago. But, it really does. I mean, there's Zarkanda, big bucks, rule the world, Medinas, good old Rev Zavola, Celestial Halo. Dear God, what names? Legends. Crikey, that is scary, isn't it? That, that That's really making is. me feel really old. <laughs> it's made me feel old. It's made me remember being in the the winners enclosure, not the winners enclosure, being in the bedding enclosure, um, and and just moving down to the finish line, um, uh, not being on her for the champion hurdle, but remembering Ruby sitting up in his stirrups as he crossed the line, waving at the crowd, and the, just like feeling this aura of power um, hitting you from the track. <laughs> as she bolted up in the champion hurdle. And it was like, why couldn't you stand up last year in the Mears hurdle? Oh my God, so much money to you. <laughs> but, you know, she was, it, was, it meant so much to him. And I think probably for those reasons, the defeat in the, in the stairs, um, the defeat in the Mares hurdle, and then she comes out and, and does that. Um, every now and again, those trips down memory lane can, can uh, be well worth exploring. Um, so... I think that's a great point about Buzz, that for some reason, and it could just be coincidence. Yeah, maybe it could Nikki, be a complete coincidence. Maybe Nikki is seeing something in him, though, that is thinking, making him think, no, not an undulating track. We'll, we'll stay to flat tracks. But Stairs Hurdle is the target, uh, according to Jess, and um, we'll have to see what he does and uh, and how he progresses. But um, do you feel that the scope is there for him to improve further? as a stare? Possibly. I mean, how long is a piece of string? I mean, he's, pro- I mean, he's probably never going to be a Grand National horse, is he? Unlikely. <laughs> so... <laughs> that is the answer to every question asked. Do you think this horse could improve over the winter and be a force in the derby? Possibly. How long is a piece of string? That's got to go in a mug. Oh, that's got to go in a final front of podcast mug. I love it. Um, <laughs> did you did you feel in any way sorry for uh, for burning victory, or were we just like, yeah, screw you, Ireland. That's one for the Brits. <laughs> no, do you know what? I felt sorry for William Buick because, I mean, you're out in front. And you're thinking, all I've got to do is just get to the line. And you feel someone come beside you and you sneak a peek and realise it's 
ocean <laughs> be like how annoying would that be like at that stage you'd be like can I just be beaten by anyone else like anyone else I that would be really frustrating for me um but yeah I no I didn't feel bad Do you know what Willie Mullins and 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 also Henderson but Willie Mullins is just unreal isn't he like yeah. he can train anything and it's just something I think is just so phenomenal. There are loads of trainers you can fit in that bracket. Like Alan King's another one that springs to mind. Like, how is it that they're able to win Grand Nationals, you know, and then train these these horses on the flat as well? Uh, find horses that suit like a, a, a like a dual um, career. They can run on the flat. They can run over hurdles, whatever. Like, and they can just train them to do. You know anything? Like, will there be a Willie Mullins circus next? Like, is that the next thing that he's going to try and do? Like, why not? Well, we <laughs> like, get, why not? We get Willie Mullins bingo at every Cheltenham festival. It's like, where is the Willie Mullins horse going to actually run? Is it going to be the Arkle? <laughs> will it be the RSA? Will it be the JLT? Could it possibly the Marsh as it is now? Could it possibly be the not quite four milers? Maybe it's going to be amateur riders. Maybe it's not going to be Chase. Uh, who the hell knows? <laughs> Who knows? No one ever knows. <laughs> Willie doesn't know. <laughs> Willie just speaks out loud. He just goes. Even I was even we were talking about this with, with Paul Ferguson last week about appreciate it. If I was to ask you right now, yeah. where does appreciate it go? Champion hurdle or the Arkle? Well, for me, I would always like young horses to have a season sort of senior hurdling, if that makes sense. Okay. Because I just think that there are so many opportunities. Like if you've got a seriously good horse and you think it could be a champion hurdle contender, like why miss that season? Because once you go chasing, obviously it's not particularly normal to, to revert back to hurdling. And you've just basically taken yourself out of all those championship hurdle races instead. And I just think you might regret that further on down the line when they're a bit older and they've been chasing for a while and you think, do you know why Why didn't we have a crack at the champion hurdle or the stayers hurdle or whatever? So for me, like I would rather see him have another season like of senior hurdling, if you like, and then go chasing. Because I watched back his interview with Lydia on Racing TV at Cheltenham. And it goes something along these lines. Yeah, that kind of was a Vitor-like performance to me. And uh, I very much had chasing in mind for him for a long time. So I would think that his target next year will be the Arco. Uh, The owner is is interested in the champion hurdle. Uh, So I suppose... He could be a champion hurdle horse uh, as well, um, so we'll we'll uh, you know we'll, we'll we'll discuss those options. And it's like wait wait you're just you're just going Arkle, and all of a sudden it's like wait uh, uh, it but maybe <laughs> and that's one of the things I love about Willie is that he keeps his for all that it can be very frustrating from an anti post betting perspective. If you're a real fan and you manage to also guess right, 
as to where a William Mullins horse is going to end up at Cheltenham. First of all, you should get an, <laughs> you should get an award for that straight away. Yeah. You should almost get paid out for the fact that the horse has turned up in the race. Uh, that should be number one. Number two, if the horse goes and wins and and actually fulfills that level of potential, then um, you've achieved a, a, a great thing. I was actually <laughs> expecting you to say, oh, I would love to see him go chasing because... Um, I, I, he just he looks like that kind of horse. I wasn't expecting you to say, "Why would you blow an opportunity of being a champion hurdler? Why would you blow an opportunity of, of being a second season hurdler?" Um, and that's probably what William Mullins is thinking right now. He's probably going, <laughs> "Who do I have for the champion hurdle? Can, can we get yeah. Fahim, can we get Fahim back out?" Really? Oh. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, I suppose part of the part of what you know what he does is also try and juggle all these superstars and you know he can't always keep them apart but i'm sure it's i'm sure he, he wouldn't be human if it didn't cross his mind about what else he's got in that category yeah um it's it will be fascinating to see how that plays out I, i'd like to talk to you more about that on another, on another show um but a uh, victory for the uk written by an irish jockey uh jess considers herself irish um, although her parents very much do not, <laughs> not, that not by the way to clarify not that they're anti-Irish not that that's me being like how dare you uh, and, and for a great cause as well and f- as somebody who was in hospital today with my mother getting her annual cancer checkup and her coming out with a big smile on her face because she's been told we don't we don't need to see you for a year well done Congratulations. Oh, lovely. Um, it's, it's fantastic that um, Jess and uh, the team are uh, raising funds, and, but also raising awareness for Royal Marston Cancer Charity. And if you're going through that battle, um, there is hope. There is very much hope. So well done to Buzz and all connections. And uh, that was a big, big win for Oshin Murphy. And it's kind of a little bit like Christoph Sumion's face in the arc where that, that brilliant zoom-in picture of Sumion, where he's like, the fuck is that? On the outside, just as he's about to hit the line, thinking, I've got, I've got it! Um, the, the last person he wanted to see was the green and yellow of O'Shea Murphy uh, for Buick. But we'll see. We'll see. There's still a week to go. Uh, or at least a few days, anyway. Um, the Irish Cesarich went to John Kiley and line out. Um, uh, John's... He's 80s now, and uh, the race wasn't as strong, but a terrific performance from him, particularly considering the fact that Aidan O'Brien and, um, again, not a great week for Aidan O'Brien, but Aidan O'Brien and, and Willie Mullins had their respective representatives, so well done to Shane Foley and to John Kiley, um, and uh, I'm sure that there were uh, great celebrations for all involved. Uh, also, on... Talk Sport 2, we were covering Philip Hobbs 1-2. Uh, Tom O'Brien was telling the, the trade paper that he was having nightmares about having picked the wrong horse. Uh, he didn't go for the JP Silks. He went for Luttrell Ladd, who ended up going off favourite. But uh, Compound, who you fancied, I should say, you had a, an incredible day on Talk Sport 2, banging in the winners, uh, Wednesdays to Saturdays from 1pm. And um, what was your overall take in hindsight of the Persian War this year? I thought, I thought it was a really true run race. Um, the times were pretty good. Uh, they didn't actually 
really let up. Gavin Sheehan went out on up on parole for Jamie Snowden. He he made he he um made the decision. Obviously, he was going to make it and and made a really decent test of it. I thought they didn't hang around. Um, and to be honest with you, like it was a good. I thought it was a good race. There weren't a lot in it. Um, I kind of felt like Luttrell Lad was possibly uh, maybe going down. I, I was quite surprised at how short he was in the betting. And I wondered if that was because of the earlier result in the day with um, Napa's Hill winning the first. Mm. Obviously, a horse that had beaten him in the past. Whatever. I thought Campron was a good price at five to one. Um, and I thought that it was it was quite impressive, actually. Um, so yeah, all in all, um, it's always horrible if you pick the wrong pick the wrong horse. But um, lucky for lucky for Aiden Coleman, I suppose. Yeah, lucky for Coleman and lucky for Tom O'Brien that things significantly improved the next day. So he, mm. he didn't have to panic too much. Um, in terms of uh, compound, there's no immediate plans. He is a novice until the end of the month, so that's going to be considered. But um, I just wonder with him if he's a horse that they'll... His official rating is 134. He's one of five lengths. We're recording on Monday, so the ratings don't come out until tomorrow. Um, and we didn't want to delay. But I would... I can't imagine he's he's a horse that they're going to be slogging around the mud in the, in the winter. And I just wonder if he's a horse that we should be keeping a very, very close eye on for the Cheltenham Festival handicaps. Cheltenham talk already. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I think you probably hit the nail on the head, really. Um, depends how he comes out of this. I mean, that was a grade two. So, you know, he still won a graded race uh, and he won it pretty well, to be honest. Mm. And it was, like I said, it wasn't like a... Um, like some of these big races, when they don't have very many runners, they kind of turn into a bit of a joke and everything looks visually very impressive because, you know, they've quickened up, but basically they crawled for the first mile. Um, so you kind of get like a distorted um, idea about how good these horses are. But on that, on this occasion, you know, he... they they It was a true run race. And, and Chepstow, if you go hard early, like it's... It's a long way home. Um, and this horse did it pretty well and beat the others fairly sort of easily, really. Um, I, you know, time will tell of how, how good the other horses are that he's beaten. But so far, so good with this horse, really. And yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe he's not top class. and. I mean, at Cheltenham or any of these great ones, you know, you have to be top class to to really even be able to keep up in a great one um, and still be there at the last, you know, let alone only actually win them. Um, so, yeah, I would agree with you. He would, he, at the moment, he's got the right profile to kind of go down that route of, of the handicaps later in the year. But I think, you know, I, I being being optimistic, you know, you'd like to think that he will improve from his performance at Chepstow and, and there could be bigger races for him out there for him to win. Well, to back you up, 
In 2019, the stable won the race with Time Hill, who had the exact same racing post rating mm. at the time and was the same age. So, and he really should have won the potato race. So maybe that's the route that he'll be ending up going down. But we'll see. We'll see. Uh, we'll see how it all how it all plays out. Um, <laughs> John Dance is uh, a final front podcast legend and regular. Even he was a bit taken by the clickbait from the trade paper about Brave Man's game. 2022 King George winner, here we come! Um, <laughs> like, Jesus. Like, I think his tweet was, Jesus, I'm emotionally attached to the horse, but this is a bit over the top. Uh, that being said, he was mustered. Uh, this was his, his chasing debut at um, Newton Abbott, and he's won by five and a half lengths from Fusil Raffles. Big breakaway gave, uh, ended up falling. Um, at the last, but the fact that he was being sent off odds on favorite told you a lot. Um, I was somewhat disappointed with him uh, at Cheltenham, and um, I was, I think, to be fair, Cheltenham Hurdle winners don't have a particularly good record in uh, the the Neptune, but I was even more disappointed with him at Aintree, and it may just be. I would be very keen on your take on that. It, maybe he just had a hard race and it was too much for him uh, to come out and, and expect to put up such a big performance. But Paul has got him out early and um, chasing was always going to be the name of the game for him. And he's he's certainly got off to life in the right way. Yeah, I mean, um, I think I think the Chalo is quite a deceiving race and... and and that's exactly the kind of race I was I was alluding to earlier, where you have a very small field and everyone kind of bobs about, and then eventually the horse that's odds on takes it up, three out and sprints home. Um, and it looks visually very impressive, but actually there's not a huge amount of substance to the performance. Um, I think Chalo quite often throws horses up like that. Um, yeah, it was obviously disappointing that he he didn't he didn't um, he didn't win. I suppose at Cheltenham he ran an okay race behind two horses that look uh, incredibly good, and um, I think it was just another sort of nail in, in the coffin of of the performances of the British trainers uh, last year at at the festival. Um, and then, yeah, like you say, I mean, Aintree didn't go very well, but by then we'd sort of all, um, we sort of, we sort of all, we were all a bit down in the dumps and it was just another, you know, just another sort of, oh, well, never mind. Um, to be fair, you know, realistically, at the end of the day, got beaten by a horse that, although it was 66 to one, um, ran, a, ran a cracker, didn't it? I and mean, crikey, yeah. uh, a horse that, you know, no one had heard about a hoist in awe. Um, Lucinda Russell up north, um, great trainer, brilliant day for her, obviously, to have such a big winner at, at one of their more local more local tracks. I say that. Um, I think I the don't think people of Liverpool local. are coming for you with bells on. Yeah, I'm not sure i'm not sure that lucinda russell is local to anywhere um <laughs> I, i'm really i don't know she's like in the sort of i don't want to say outer hebrides because she's not but she's up like 
in Scotland somewhere. Really so, somewhere. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's a bit like uh, Pat Pat Kelly. No one really knows where he trains. We just know that he trains. It's somewhere in <laughs> Ireland, the CIA based, <laughs> but no one really knows where. <laughs> it's close oh, to Perth, but, but is it? Is it really? I don't know if it is that close, though. Oh, maybe, I don't maybe know. It's, maybe it's on the Shetland Islands. Who the hell knows? <laughs> anyway, but, but you're right, though. It was a brilliant performance on the day. And if you, I, I, I kind of hate doing this, but if you take a hoist and you're out of the race, Brave Man's Game is an eight-link winner. So you could you could look at it that way, but yeah. it doesn't work in, in that regard. And it was a, it was a great opportunity for my thought on the day. And, just probably the fact that he'd had a hard race and uh, Bob Ollinger looks to be an absolute superstar. But how much better, and, and look, we're talking early on now, but even as a hurdler, how much better as a chaser did he look to you potentially? Um, I thought, yeah, I thought he looked, I, I thought he looked amazing. Um, he, he, was, he was just foot perfect. And what I thought was really interesting was that re- maybe once or twice, maybe you could say once or twice, Harry allowed him to really have a cut at the fences. But even when he was essentially what looked like popping round in front, he was gaining or making himself so much ground without even looking like he was trying to. Mm-hmm. It ju- it was just so fluid. He was so economical. He he was careful, but not not cumbersome. He was he was electric, really, but without without being um, too flashy. You know, it all just looked. It was quite strange to watch because you were he he kind of looked as if he might be something that he wasn't, you know, when he was careful, you thought, Oh, oh, he's going to lose ground here, but he didn't. And Oh, he's going to, he's going to have a, a cut at this one. And he kind of did, but it was nothing too showman. Like it was a, it was a phenomenal, I thought a phenomenal display of jumping and, um, and yeah, he looked very impressive. He looked really impressive. Um, Fusel raffles, I thought, put up a decent display, but I mean, it went along with his head on one side for most of the most of the race, looking quite keen. And when and when it actually when push came to shove, he found nothing. And the big breakaway, watching him, I just think that he always looks under pressure. Mm-hmm. And at the last, when he needed to jump well, uh, he put down on <sighs> Brendan and chested the fence and came down. Um, I just think that he looks like a horse that might stay all day. And other than that, I don't really know what you do with him. Um, so yeah, look, it was all about, it was all about brave, brave man's game. Wasn't it? He went out there, he made it look phenomenally easy. Uh, he made the, the rest look fairly ordinary. I know there were only um, three others in it. And one of them was, was not particularly interesting. Um, but, he made the other two look fairly easy, uh, fairly normal, ordinary, and and we know that Fusel Raffles is definitely a good benchmark of a horse. Yeah, and runner-up in the Marsh last year as well, so you're bringing in proper form there too. Um, yeah. That then brings me to my question for Cheltenham for you. 
because they're talking about the the future, the rising stars. I was think of it as the future stars. The rising stars, novices chase uh, next month is his next target. They didn't appear to be in a rush to want to step him up to three miles. What do you think is his ideal distance going to be this year? This was over two mile five. Is it going to be the the festival novices chase at the end of the season? Um, it's it's hard it's hard to know because that was it was almost sort of schooling in public, but he, they got away with it because he won. Because <laughs> it was that easy for him, wasn't it? It was just. It was that easy. Oh, like you just... <laughs> Hello. Well, how long is a piece of string? It was almost schooling in public, but they got away with it because he <laughs> Yeah, like he was so, it was so easy um, for him. They don't, don't ever change this. You know, don't ever change. Harry hardly had to do anything on him. I mean, he went out in front. He had, did you notice how his ears pricked the whole time? The whole time he looked like he was having the best fun. Yeah. Um. Anyway. For me, I think that the way, obviously, it was it was over two it was over two and a half. We know that Newton Abbott is it's quite a trappy little track, really. Um, you know, you can't you a big cumbersome horse wouldn't particularly like it around Newton Abbott. Um, so you could definitely, I think, you could definitely make a case for him. Um, going down in trip, and especially as 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 in the on the jumping front, I feel like there's a, a lot a lot more for him to give. Like I feel like he would be able to jump much more sort of flashy, if you like, if they were going a quicker speed. Um, so I for, for me, like I. I'd love to see him come down and trip just because I think it would be really exciting to watch how he jumps, how he travels. But obviously they've always gone down the, the slightly longer distance route. So yeah, I mean you would you would just you would just go for for some for something that was was suitable like um in turn two and a half and um it would all be fairly easy going, wouldn't it? I, th- I think. And also, obviously, in grade ones, they're always going to go that, you know, it's always going to be a true run race, isn't it? And in grade ones, you just don't get a breather. You know, whereas these, um, they're the only races really where you the horse does not have that opportunity to kind of take a deep breath and and relax into the race. You know, you're... It, they are very intense races to run in, um, and so you'd you'd have to be pretty confident that he was going to be all right. I, I would be pretty confident that he would be all right in in Grade Ones over over two and a half, really. So he could, in your mind, if Harry Derham is listening, be aimed <laughs> at the marsh. If if Harry rings you and says, "I need some advice as to what I tell Paul in my final season." <laughs> Um, and that's the only time I'm going to mention that, by the way, because I, I think that's one of the great things about Harry is he's a man of his word and he's committed to Paul and this season and he doesn't want to talk about what's next for him. He just wants to focus on his job now. And I, I greatly admire that. Although Ooh. it must be incredibly frustrating for Paul to see all these uh, incredibly talented assistant trainers 
leave him, start up their own careers, and then like start beating him on the tracks. Like, oh god, here's another one. Jesus Christ! I'll just stop <laughs> having assistant trainers. Uh, but off the fence, Marsh or Orase or whatever the hell it's called. Well, there's a problem with all these names because the Marsh is the GLT, isn't it? Yeah, JLT. Yeah, I would go down. I would go down the route of the Marsh. Ooh. I think you've just broken a lot of hearts there, Lizzie Kelly. Uh, I think. I just, a- I just, I just, I just, I just think, I just think he would be all right. I just think that he. I think, judging by the way he jumped, he found it all very easy. It all looked very easy, mm. and I know it's his 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 debut, and it's October, and he was running at Newton Abbey. You know, a huge amount of water has got to go under the bridge before March next year. Um, I can't even believe we're talking about it, but here we are, <laughs> and it that I think that I think that he's definitely for me. I think he'll be really exciting when he's put under pressure and we really start to see the full potential of of his jumping. Yeah, I also think that while there are probably listeners going, Bob Ollinger's going to go for that race and crushed him at Cheltenham and so he'll do the same thing. The Brave Man's game that you saw take on Bob Ollinger at Cheltenham last year is not going to be the Brave Man's game who will take on Bob Ollinger at Cheltenham this season. It, it's going to be a completely different kettle of fish over fences. And that's that seems pretty evident to me on the back of what he did at the weekend. And the fact that he was thrust in against a horse with experience um, tells you an awful lot as well about just how much they, they uh, expect of him. Although talk of him being the King George winner for 2022. That may very well come to fruition, but come on, for God's sakes. Anyway, I mean, at, least they, at, le- at least they were. I like the fact that they just basically swapped a Cheltenham Festival race for a, for a different race in order to keep their readers happy. Um, <laughs> uh, because they I got an like idea. I got an idea, Fox. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, so geez. true. That's fantastic. Um, yeah, because they could easily have gone 2022 Gold Cup winner. No. Uh, 2023 yeah, Gold Cup that. winner. No, no, go 2022 I mean, King George winner. Oh, yeah. yeah, it would be so racing post for that for that oh. headline. And also, they're making um, the comparison with Denman. Denman didn't run in the King George. That wasn't yeah, his race. I mean, I think I think they've all got a little bit enthusiastic, really, haven't they? Oh, they've lost their minds. Anyway, get stuck in for the King George. Uh, King George <laughs> for the Marsh. Is it the, uh, the Marsh King George Gold Cup treble? The Lizzie Kelly treble. <laughs> there you go, Lizzie Kelly slash clickbait. Trade paper treble. Uh, brief word about that man, Willie Mullins, beating Joseph O'Brien. Um, so, sea of of uh, green and gold in, in Ireland. Uh, in the JT McNamara Labrooks Monster National, it's lovely that that race is running his honour and Ooh. is a constant reminder of the fact that jockeys are... I mean, you suffered some really bad injuries. You literally risked life and limb every single day you went onto the track and then you'd go on Twitter and be like, fucking terrible fucking man, never choose crit. Yeah, you tried traveling at 40 miles an hour. That's why I love that that um, Paddy Power uh, Ruby ad. Yeah. That's a good, that is such a good ad. Go up, to, go up to 40 miles an hour. If you, and if you've never seen it, just um, 
Oh God! If you YouTube Paddy Power, uh, William uh, Paddy Power Ruby Walsh, anything anything could come up. Uh, Paddy Power Ruby Walsh troll. That'll that should get it for you. They they uh, they track down a troll, uh, put him in the back of a van, uh, back of a jeep, and then say to him, "Right, forty miles an hour, off you go. You jump out." <laughs> what? What? Go on, so see how easy it is for you. Because um, that, because that's that's what he did. He decided he would. That, that makes perfect sense, doesn't it? History is there in the making, and he just throws himself off any power at the last. Yeah, of course he does. Yeah, yeah. Uh, fucking idiots. Anyway, um, on the ropes wins for William Mullins and Sean O'Keefe, who is uh, developing a, a fine career for himself, um, and another big win for Chiefly Park over fences. Yeah. Um... It was it was a well sort of typical typical sort of Irish long chase, wasn't it? I mean, it, everything was <laughs> sort of you knew you knew that he was travelling well. You could see he was jumping well. <laughs> well, it was it. <laughs> How many quotes have we gotten from the show? It was a typical Irish. Long chase. I mean, I don't want to sort of dress it up oh, any more really than it needs to be. Um, I thought, yeah, all the main protagonists were there. Joseph had runners. Uh, Dennis Hogan had runners. De Bromhead was in there. Um, plenty with chances, but realistically, this horse, I thought he was given a lovely ride. It was very patient. Um he didn't actually jump. I think maybe it was the first or the second. He yeah, didn't jump first. one particular. Yeah. Right, yeah. And Sean O'Keefe just, you know, gave him gave him a chance to just find his rhythm, you know, and jump nicely. And you could see he was always he was always traveling really well. Um, thankfully, the colors are very um, bright, so at least you can sort of keep an eye on him. Um, <laughs> some of the others were all a bit. Uh, they all sort of started blurring into one, um, but yeah, it was. I thought it was. I thought it was. The race has has thrown up some obviously like fantastic winners in the past, like Cabaret Queen, Total Recall, another Jess Stafford horse, Cabaret Queen. <laughs> yeah. Tiger Roll. Um, I would be really interested to see whether they come over um, to Newbury. Um, with this horse That's for the Ladbrokes, I would Hennessy. Well, every time I say Hennessy, I get told off, and no. that I'm a traditionalist. No, uh, I no, no, stick with stick with being a traditionalist. You're right, Mister Hennessy. Mm. It's a much better name than um, yeah. the Ladbrokes, isn't it? Yeah. No offense, Ladbrokes, but come on. Hennessey. No, no offense. In that situation, I think Ladbrokes would almost been better to have called it like a different name. Call it the. Ladbrokes Hennessy. I know that you are still giving Hennessy cognac free sponsorship, but everybody just thinks it's the Hennessy. Just do it. Yeah. Just do it. Yeah. Simple thing to do. Anyway, um, I wonder if he'll come over for that. Well, I that think was, that would be great if he did. That was my thinking because he he's basically trying to emulate Total Recall. Mm. Um, and uh, the last time we saw him on the track... He was beaten by a horse called Monkfish. <laughs> yeah, it's mental, that, isn't it? 
not off for a year, and um, uh, and obviously, unfortunately, we're not going to see monkfish this year. But you know, to be second to monkfish at, at Ferry House in November in a beginner's chase, and then not run again until uh, a competitive traditional long Irish chase, as Lizzie calls it. Uh, I, I think that he's clearly always who's got the world of potential. Is the bounce factor a thing in your in your mindset? Is it real? The bounce factor? Yeah. Is the bounce factor this constructed idea that we have to explain why a horse uh, bounces after their second run after after a layoff, or is it actually a real thing? Well, I suppose that depends, depends on the horse. Um, <laughs> Is it real or not? <laughs> well, um, I, I don't know. I mean, crikey, there are lots of... I mean, have we got any sort of real data about this? Proform will give you all the data. <laughs> 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 um yeah, it's the only thing that will be in the back of some people's minds. But I think if he if he travels, that's enough for me. If they if they decide we're going to Newbury and we're going to go for the Hennessy, then that's enough. I'd be yeah. Well, I mean, you have to kind of you have to kind of wonder why he was out for a whole year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you could say something as simple as an injury. Am I being a conspiracy theorist if I think to myself, well, maybe he's maybe he's a really nice horse and they didn't want him bumping into everything else? Or is that thinking too much? Jeez, you hardly you know, got monk monkfish. I mean, maybe, maybe I'm maybe that's too much of a that, conspiracy that's, theory. That, that's kind of Alex Jones levels of uh like <laughs> they didn't want him taking on monkfish! They weren't gonna let him <laughs> George Soros! I mean my favorite horse in training was Monkfish. So for me, like, I can see why you'd want to stay away from him. George Soros rang William Mullins and said, <laughs> Don't you run that horse? <laughs> okay. All right. All right. I'll put my tin hat back on. Yeah. Oh, no, leave it on. It'd be great for a Twitter meme as well, by the way. Um, <laughs> uh, what was the line from. Yeah. Uh, so Sean was saying afterwards that he, he had. Um, Obviously, Sean's won the one at the Shelton Festival for for Willie Mullins, uh, but there was no explanation as to why the horse has been off for so long. So obviously, there was something wrong with him. Um, yeah, I think I think the, there was the only reference made was there's been a few problems along the way. That was it, but they didn't go into detail. Oh, okay, right, yeah. So there was there was clearly something that made him quite difficult to train, yeah. perhaps. Yeah, it wasn't. Um, it wasn't that Alex Jones rang up and said, "Don't source back this horse for Shelton. Don't, don't let him run. Don't let him run, Willie." <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. oh dear but no he looks a really nice sort um and you can definitely see him running a good race at newbury oh yeah like if if they were end, obviously like if they enter him and whatever then we know that what, what the plan is but you from watching that like you can definitely see that newbury would suit him okay uh that's our jumps chat done so we have Champions Day to come. Who are you most looking forward to seeing? Um, Stradivarius. 
I was so certain you were going to do your off-air joke of, you mean the champion hurdle? Champion chase? But no. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, the end? The end of the day? Is that... <laughs> Just as they finish the handicap and go, yeah, done. Yeah, oh, oh damn it. We've got the Verton Futurity and the November Handicap to come and the Breeders' Cup and the Melbourne Cup. But aside from that, the jumps is here, so we're, we're okay. Uh, the, Mel- the Melbourne Cup just doesn't really fit feature in my, my life. But not this year, anyway. Not, not with the way they're handling it. We're going to be doing a show about Australia and how things are going there. Jesus Christ, neither of us want to be living there right now. Christ almighty. We've, mm. um, we have a significant audience in Australia. It's one of the reasons why... We're, I think it's, am I right, Tuala, that it's this week we're moving to Spotify? It is this week. Um, it's one of the reasons why, so there's so many British and Irish, um, and maybe Australians as well, who don't like the fact that we slagged off Winks at every single opportunity, uh, who listen into the show. And um, America's third, Australia's fourth, Canada's fifth, all right? UK and Ireland number one. So the United Kingdom, number number one, and Ireland, number two. Um, but it's a goddamn nightmare over in Australia right now. And and not just the way that they're using MRI machines and telling foreigners to feck off from coming over to compete in, in the cup, um, but the fact that the police are literally running in an authoritarian state. You've got to be in by 8 p.m. And I'm pretty boring these days after COVID. <laughs> But if you tell me that I've got to be in my house at 8 p.m., I'm the kind of person who'd be like, fuck you, I'm going outside. Um, what, so you can't even pop down the road in your slippers and get some milk? They'll tase you. Tase <laughs> you? <laughs> Seriously, I'm serious. You're like popping down the road in your slippers and they're like, uh, where are you going? I'm just going to get some milk. No, you're not. Bash! Over the head and dragged off. Uh, to to prison, slight exaggeration, <laughs> slight exaggeration. But like, it was it was so bad that a guy got in a lift, and because he didn't have the vaccine, they plastered his name all over the all over the news. Have you seen this man? He's not vaccinated, and he might have COVID. <laughs> have you seen him? That's what they're doing in Australia. It's unbelievable. Uh, so yeah, we're we're gonna get stuck in. Oh, we've just lost all those listeners, haven't we? Oh, it's gone up yeah. actually because they love the, the the people are revolting, so they love that. Um, so it's Stradivarius for you. So you think the better ground, he can have one last hurrah? Um, yeah, I, I, for me, I just enjoy watching him. I suppose that from the point of view of a of a racing fan, you know, as a as a horse fan, watching him uh, is something that I I thoroughly enjoy. You know, I I. I didn't even get that cut up about the fact that he was beaten last time over in Longchamp. I mean, his he still ran a great race, in my opinion. Like, True Shan is just basically a younger version of him. Like, he's he's incredibly talented. And, yeah, like, his it was his time to shine. I think you'd have to be a little bit worried if, you know, the veteran was still beating the, the new uh, shiny toy wouldn't you that, um, that's also Trushan's ground like that's what he loves <laughs> yeah exactly yeah um so yeah i i would personally like to see I, i'm looking forward to seeing him he is a horse that i've i've been lucky enough to watch in person and, and one of those best 
um, best days was the day up at York uh, this summer, where frankly I've 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 not seen a huge amount of performances like the one that he put in uh, to to win that day. And actually, I I don't want to get onto the whole retirement thing, but you know, if it would be nice to sort of sit down and watch him one last time if he does retire and if he doesn't then I'll get to watch him next year anyway so Ah, um, surely game over he's surely off the stud yeah I mean look they've been pretty open haven't they about not wanting him to kind of the the phrase they use is fantastic Um, they don't want him to be a boxer who thinks he's still got it when everyone knows he hasn't Um, so yeah look they're they're They've been really open about what they're going to do, and um, yeah, whatever. This I've I've, in, I've enjoyed watching him, and I've enjoyed watching him for years. So um, I've, I'll get one one last bite of the cherry, perhaps. How great would it be if Frankie's dancing around in the winners' enclosure again? Um, if he goes and and wins on him, like what a way to bow out if he does it. I'd love to see that. That'd be absolutely fantastic. Um, I did say Baid earlier on with uh, with Dave, but actually, I'm I'm going to do a crazy Ivan and not change in the race, but say Dragon Symbol because I just want him desperately to win a Group One, and I think this could be the opportunity for him to go and do it. Um, yeah, they keep beating each other this season, but he's the one horse who consistently runs his race, so hopefully. Hopefully this is his time and uh, he can win uh, the Kipco British Champion Stakes, which we will be previewing, previewing even. <laughs> if I can use my mouth words correctly. Dear God. You've had some intro to the final furlong, haven't you? An hour late and then not able to talk. Blah, 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 blah. Um, and taking the piss out of you at every opportunity. But in fairness, you did open the door for me, so thanks very much for that. Um, you're pure gold, Lizzie Kelly, which is why uh, you're so much fun to work with on TalkSport, and I was so glad to get you on the final furlong as well. And uh, with the jump season now kicking into full swing, uh, please, God, we'll get to chat to you again very, very soon and uh, not be so late next time as we chat big stories with Davey H will actually turn up on time yeah and I promise not to describe any more um chases say say that again just as you were saying that your internet went I said I promise not any more nationals as just long three marsh chases it was, just a, it was just a typical you know long I mean. Irish man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, Lizzie Kelly, uh, I'd actually be quite keen to talk to you about your career in the saddle as well um, at another point in time, particularly after that fantastic documentary on Sky the Fall, because um, I think that that's something that is uh, something that bears repeating as well. And I know that it was a, a tough decision for you to to walk away but at the same time hey you're a mum now so congratulations um and uh you get to do all the great work on TalkSport, so which is absolutely epic and you were commentating that day when when stradivarius won because i was covering it on TalkSport too and got to hear your excitement with um 
with uh, Mr. Rupert Bell, who, of course, you constantly take the absolute piss out of, which makes me love you even more. Um, uh, pleasure chatting racing with <laughs> you and uh, very much looking forward to chatting more racing with you in the future. Lizzie Kelly, stay safe and uh, we will talk to you again soon. Perfect. All right, see then. Stay safe. You too. Bye-bye. Oh, Lizzie Kelly, an absolute rock star and so many quotable moments from that show. <laughs> So I thoroughly enjoyed working with Lizzie. You can hear more uh, from Lizzie Kelly on TalkSport and TalkSport 2, where we work together. Um, The show is Wednesday to Saturday from 1 p.m. I hope you've enjoyed it. Also, reminder that as the jump season is about to kick in, but also as we still have Champions Day to come and the November handicap, yes, the Jockey's Championship will be settled, but there is a small matter of the November Handicap. There's the small matter of the Vertum Futurity. Uh, there's the Breeders' Cup. All of these things to come. So pro form only for final Furlong Podcast listeners are giving their first discount for more than a year. It gets you eight weeks access to all their tools for half price. And it includes the Professionals form book, Visual Race Guides, the Bet, Lay, and Trader Finder web app, which are all widely used by some of the most successful and biggest name bettors, traders, backers, and layers in the United Kingdom and the Republic of Ireland. And for that matter, some of the tipsters, journalists, racecourse commentators, uh, racecourse TV presenters, biggest names that you know, love, and respect, some of whom are on this very show, all use ProForm, as do breeders and the biggest trainers in the business. It is the best-kept secret in racing, and exclusively for final Furlong Podcast listeners, you're getting that gravy again. Again, because you come out for us, we're coming out for you. 50% discount offer is valid for ProForm Platinum subscription only until midnight Sunday, so you got to act fast. Act now. Get to proformracing.com forward slash join. Create your account. Choose the Platinum product. And at the checkout, enter and validate this discount code. It's CW50FFP. That's all capital letters, and it's all one word. CW50FFP. So 50, basically, instead of others. Uh, CW, 50 FFP, capital letters, all one word, 50% off your first eight-week subscription. You're choosing the Proform Platinum product. You want more gravy? You want to improve your betting? Proform. That's what we use. That's what you need to use. And it'll help you get as much information as your mind can possibly comprehend. It is absolute gold. Platinum if you might like. Uh, We will be making the jump to Spotify later in the week. So don't freak out. If you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, and look, without sounding like a complete prat more than normal, all of the tech that I use is Apple. Um, But when Joe Rogan jumped to Spotify, and believe me, his deal is significantly better than than our deal. Um, When he made the jump to Spotify... I started listening, obviously, there. And within two weeks, I had just transferred all of the podcasts that I listened to, The Brilliant Idiots, Flagrant 2 with Andrew Schultz, um, Football Weekly, 
Tim Cast, uh, Breaking Points with Crystal and Sager, all these shows. Uh, I transfer them all to Spotify and I listen there. So you don't have to have a Spotify account. You don't have to have, you don't have to pay any money. We don't want to do that. That's, look, some podcasts go down that subscription model route. We could have joined Lumery. Again, that would be behind the paywall. No. Um, Patreon, no. We wanted to do it this way. And uh, hopefully you'll join us on Spotify. But if you don't want to, if you want to keep it real with Apple Podcasts or Podbean or Stitcher or TuneIn, have no fear. We're still going to be there. We're still going to be on Apple Podcasts. We're still going to be on all of those podcast platforms. It's just one slight little thing, and that is that we've had a brilliant relationship with SoundCloud. They have been great to us. They've actually sent us, I'm looking here at a trophy, Final Forum Podcast, world's number one sports podcast for the month of March 2020 on SoundCloud. Um, there is another one for this year, 2021, and uh, a trophy for hitting the 5 million plays mark a couple of years ago. And... Um, a trophy for uh, being the most consistent number one UK sports podcast as well. They've been really, really good to us. Uh, We might not be on SoundCloud anymore. So I know we have a big following there, but I hope that you'll join us on Spotify. I hope that you'll join us on whichever podcast app it is that you like. But if you like this show, if you like the content from Rory, from Lizzie, uh, from... Lucy, uh, Andrew Blair White and all the team, Tumble. I can mention so many more if you like the interviews. And if you like how we did this podcast, where we broke them up into two, where Dave and I were discussing the stories and Lizzie and I discussed the weekend's racing. If you like that format, then let me know on social media. Drop me a DM and um, let me know if how you feel about Spotify as well. How you feel about that if you're... Happy to join us there. But it won't cost you anything. It is completely free. I'm an Apple Music subscriber. I, have, I pay for Apple Music. And um, it's uh, I can have the Apple Music family plan, so it can be on the HomePods and whatever. But uh, So I, I don't have a Spotify account yet. We're moving to Spotify. <laughs> Uh, so it's just further proof that you don't need a Spotify account to listen to your favorite podcasts and um, we will still be available on Apple and others but we'll all of our promotion will basically go through Spotify so if you like the show you like hearing the content that we do particularly as we gear up for the jumps an awful lot of stable tours lined up as well that we uh, very much hope that you'll enjoy more content to do with Weatherbees and Paul Ferguson as well so with that in mind, we hope that you'll hit the subscribe button or the follow button on Spotify for the final forum podcast. That's it. Um, we might be doing an international show this week. If not, that'll be next week. Uh, we are definitely with you on Thursday as we look ahead to Champions Day at Ascot. It looks set to be an incredible day. And as I said with Dave earlier on, it's this bizarro world where... The ARC meeting was run on a bog, and it looks as though Champions Day is going to be run on nice ground at Ascot. So if you're heading there, you lucky duck, best of luck. And um, we'll be covering it on TalkSport 2 and, of course, uh, giving you all the gravy that you could possibly want 
on the Final Forum podcast on Thursday with Lucy Russell Hughes and with Roy Delarkey. Until then, stay safe, look after yourself, and we'll talk to you on Thursday. God bless. Thanks for listening to the Final Furlong Podcast, proudly brought to you by Tote. Make sure you never miss an episode by hitting the subscribe button on your podcast app.